Hi, I'm your host, Yora, and this is Broccoli Book Club, a socially progressive podcast aimed at analysing timely and thought-provoking reads. This is the Book Club episode, where each month I'm joined by two guests and we dissect a book within the context of our lives. You can read along with us, make suggestions, send in your thoughts and questions via voice note. It's like a real book club, but in a podcast. The episode format is split into three sections. We start at the front cover where we talk about our first impressions and expectations. Then we delve into the actual book. And finally, we end at the back of the book where we focus on our reflections and takeaways. This month's book is The Good Immigrant, edited by Nikesh Shukla. Published in 2016, The Good Immigrant couldn't be more relevant than today. The Western world has witnessed a large pivot to right-wing politics, and with that, an alarming increase in xenophobia and racially motivated hate crimes. Put together by Nikesh, it's a collection of 21 essays from emerging and well-known voices of colour in Britain today. They explore every aspect of the immigrant experience, from the reasons why people move, why they settle where they do, and how it feels living in a country that challenges their notions of identity. Contributors include actor Riz Ahmed, comedian Nish Kumar, as well as best-selling author Rennie Edo-Lodge. Joining me in today's book club are Abondance Matanda and Jarjo Mohammed. Abondance is an emerging black British writer and poet, born and bred in London. Her work focuses on inner city life and culture. Jarja is a producer of Broccoli Content and a second generation black British Jamaican. Now that we're all well acquainted, it's time to look at the cover of the book. To start off with, I was curious to see if this was a title Jarja and Abondance would pick up in a bookshop. I think the way that I've been reading in the last few years, this is a book I'd normally read. I feel like when I was younger, I used to read more for like escapism. I was really drawn to fiction and stories, poems. And then the older I've got, and I feel like the more that my life is demanding of me, the more I just want to read information and just to like figure out the world around me. So yeah, this is a book that I'd pick up. And I think because it's essay format, I'd put less pressure on myself to finish it in like one go. I used to be able to blitz for a book in like a week max. And now I can barely do like a month. <laughs> but when it's essays, it's less pressure on yourself because it's like, cool, if I can get through this essay in however long it takes me, it doesn't relate to the next one. So I'm not going to break up the story. So yeah, it is something that would suit my life and how I read now. And Jaja, what about you? Would you normally pick a book like this? I think I would. I think because it was super popular on the timeline, I was like, oh, good immigrant. I never actually actively went out to read it, but it was always in the back of my mind to say that I should actually read it. You know, I heard like lots of great stuff about it. And I guess when you hear that you should read something, it's good to inquire yourself. I was quite inquisitive about it anyway. So yeah, probably I would, yeah. What are your thoughts on the term immigrant and what are your thoughts on the title of this book and how did it make you feel about what might be in this book? 
Georgia, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. The term immigrant is so negative. And like I used to work for a big media company and when they're writing bulletins for the news, it'll always be like, oh, immigrant for these types of people and these people are like experts. That's not how it works. We didn't ask to be born where we were born. And I always thought in my headspace that God didn't want me to stay in that one place that I was born. The world is so big. I just think the term immigrant is just really, really negative and it's it's always with like a slight. That's what I think personally. Mm. Well, that's that's interesting. I feel like with the word immigrant, I feel like it's definitely got worse over the term immigrant in the last 10 years of the news cycle. It's just got so demonized. You know, you just be like, oh, they've emigrated from here or, you know, they're an immigrant from there. Like, I wouldn't necessarily think that's a bad connotation. The term immigrant just means they've come from another country and there's nothing inherently bad or wrong about that. But it's the way we've been socialized and it's the way that it's everything has been built around that narrative of the immigrant in this country that I think now makes people feel like it is a negative term. Abundance, what do you think about the term immigrant? I think more similar to you, Diora. Just growing up, to me, immigrants, just a descriptive word. It's like how you ended up in this country or wherever you've moved to. And I just remember being quite confused. I don't know what the difference is between an immigrant and a migrant and a refugee and a da-da-da-da. So for me, it's just all these different words to say how, who ended up where. And then the older I've gotten and the more like in tune I've got with the media, I don't understand how such descriptive words have become weaponized against communities. And that's my only issue with it. If you know your heritage, your history and like how your family has navigated the world, there's no shame in that word. So when people try and use it as an insult or to be negative, I feel like it's just a reflection of their ignorance and it doesn't actually say anything about what the term means if you identify with it, which I don't feel like people should hide from because at the end of the day, that's just human history. People move about the planet, as Jaja was Mm -hmm. saying, you're sort of born with no limits. So if it's just a word to describe your family's journey in the world, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I find your perspective so interesting because I think I've been totally brainwashed into thinking that the word immigrant is so negative. For instance, I've just Googled the word immigrant and it says they found it difficult to expel illegal immigrants. And I always see the two words illegal and immigrant always together, literally like how they put together like black boys and gangs or terrorists and Muslims, I guess because I've worked directly in the media this is what I've seen so I really appreciate that you guys have said that it's something that we should explore ourselves well what about the inclusion of the word good what did you think about the fact that it's called the good immigrant are there bad immigrants and what does that mean about the way we look at immigrants and are immigrants only accepted in our society or humanized if they're seen to be good or contributing to society or doing something extraordinary that's kind of like what it made me think about and I was wondering how the inclusion of the word good in the title made you feel personally I just took it as a bit of a cheeky title I didn't think that deeply about it I'm not even gonna lie like I wasn't really going into like oh what's a good immigrant what's a bad immigrant I just thought that sounds almost humorous like they're just kind of playing about with stereotypes and even the fact that it's not just one voice within the book it's more than 20 it's literally just sort of playing around with what 
that term might mean and literally just breaking up your expectations of what goodness is, what immigration might mean. Because I knew that it was a collection of essays, I just didn't really think too deep about it. I just expected that every writer would either respond to the title differently or just add another angle or layer to what it might mean. So I just thought, you know what, let me think about it when I finished reading the book, which is, I kind of didn't end up doing because I was so emotional by the end. Um, maybe I'm really, really pessimistic and I'm just realising that. Good immigrant, does that mean like the guy that's, you know, inviting everybody into the culture to like culture vulture? And is that the guy who's pretending that his name is really Raj, but he lets everybody call him Robin? This is the <laughs> type of thought process that I had. The good immigrant playing along and yeah, being the token. When I think about the word immigrant, I think of people with totally different experiences coming to this country and living their lives. However, I feel like a lot of the time the immigrant experience gets homogenized and we're all treated as though we face the same inequalities within society, when that's not entirely true. Immigrant communities still have their own hierarchies and you can even be marginalized within your own marginalized group. The Good Immigrant was great at highlighting this very nuance. I want to know, what's the one thing that stuck out to you mostly while reading this book? So maybe it was someone's story or maybe it was a theme you picked up on. Jaja, what would you say that was for you? Reading the essay from Shimene, who anglicised their name to Shimen, who's from Turkey. I think that there was a bit like a really minute bit in one story right there's like a thing with Jamaicans where they would look at your attributes or they'll look at your face or something about you and then they'll call you that and that's what Turkish people do as well and I didn't realize that that was really interesting like there's so many like similarities and the example is if you've got like a limp they'll call you limpy or something like that and I just thought that that was so interesting (laughs) that Turkish people have that as well because I just thought it was so Jamaican. You know, when you're in school, you're kind of encouraged to write. So I just appreciated that every single one of these writers has brought that into their adulthood and nurtured it as a skill and taken it serious. All these people from all these walks of life have been able to just express themselves and pursue that. Like Some of the writers are actors, some of them are like professional writers or whatever, they just all value creativity and community and they are in a position to then inspire younger people who might look up to them for whatever reason. If your child has a creative spirit, you should never like kill that. But then if you don't know better, if you never knew that a book like The Good Immigrant could be published, why would you encourage your child to write? This whole idea of being the good immigrant is actually like a real concern for a lot of people at the end of the day and possibly like more so for older generations or people newer to the countries when you're raising your children and building your family there is going to be that respectability politics of just almost police your kids I guess and not in a negative way you're looking out for them just without knowing much better that's such an amazing point and I think again that whole like good immigrant thing you know a lot of people do it out of survival. Yeah. You do it because you want to be left alone. You would do it because you don't want eyes on you. You just want to be mm-hmm. able to live a normal life and kind of get on with it. Judge, it's interesting that you mentioned this writer already. Um, it is Shimane, right? Shimane. So Shimane writes in the essay, My Name is My Name. 
So she's talking about her father and she's talking about the fact that, so they're Turkish and they're from North Cyprus. For those of you who aren't aware, Cyprus is a place of conflict and there's been wars uh, between the communities there. So she writes, when the border was put into place, the official records on the island began. It was more practical to document the lives of Turks now that whole Turkish villages were no longer burnt and buried alive or churned through minces like those neighbourhoods of Sandalar and Murat Ara. During this time, my father was obliged to register a family name, and from the ashes came a new one, Sehit Orlu. Sehit to mean martyr, and Orlu meaning son. Recep Suleiman now carried his father's name twice. I tell a lie, he carried it three times. High on his shoulder were the stains of a 13-year-old boy who had inked the Turkish flag into his own skin. Know that for many of us, to be proud of our nationality is a death sentence. That my father was then a 13-year-old soldier and the only provider for his mother and her five children. Know that brown and black children are not allowed freedom from maturity. How can we call a child the man of the house and not expect him to mark his body with a target so he too might be killed and taken away from this responsibility and almighty grief. Some ten years later, he found himself a prisoner of war for a second time. With his brother, they tattooed their father's initial S into each other's arms. Stroking my own ancestral news, my first tattoo mimicked theirs, a sweeping tail coming from the letter, jabbing towards my chest like a sword. It is not antiques and money we're waiting to inherit from our families, but their skin. I just thought that whole part, even just thinking about it now, like I've got, you know, when your hair like rises on your arms, goosebumps. <laughs> a name is so much more than a name. A name is your history. A name is, you know, my name means motherland. It's such a beautiful meaning. No one knows that <laughs> because I've been calling myself D. What does D mean? Nothing. It's the fourth letter of the alphabet. I really get the greatness of a name because I don't have my original name, my last name. And my mum changed my name when we became Muslims. But I still feel like there's a detachment between me and my family because they've all got this name and I've got this name. It's interesting that you say that there's like such greatness in a name and the names that you're given because I guess there's generational you know, there's ties and, you know, you're tied to your lineage and then, you know, your name shows off who you are and who you could be or however, like, there's a thing in my head I was just like, but names are made up. And I understand maybe this may come across as being offensive because I know a lot of people do take cultural and tribal and ritual and religious and spiritual, like, loads of different things. They mean so much Identifies. to people. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it sums up an identity. But then it's like, who made it all up? My name is my name is literally, it's my favourite essay in the whole book. I, I just had to put the whole book down after I read it. I was actually floored. And I just felt like the writing was so sensitive. Every paragraph, it just got, the story got deeper and deeper. But almost like you're being like held through the stories like you know them really good storytellers it just felt like raw she knows what she's doing and it was so personal it just I don't know I was so touched by it and my dad named me and my brothers I know that he's so proud of his name and of me and my brothers all our names mean something and especially the fact that she spoke about her father and like the whole thing that you just read about the tattoos and stuff like that I just proper thought about like my relationship with my dad 
through my name in that book and the person that your parent was before you was even a thing in their life. And finally, we've reached the back of the book, meaning it's time to discuss our biggest learnings and takeaways from The Good Immigrant. There's just a new kind of understanding and an acknowledgement reading this book, which will make me want to do more research, actually, and look more into my own story. I guess you're grounded when you know who you are. You kind of act out with a bit more confidence when you know who you are. And that acknowledgement, sorry, what exactly is it like acknowledging? Acknowledging that I've got a lot of research to do and to look within. If I can get an understanding how I can improve myself, I may be able to help. Because that's what I feel like Nick has just done with this book. This is this book is not just like, wow, this I'm so angry. You didn't feel rage, you more so felt like, wow, this is something that I just want to digest. The word I'd use, I guess, is timely. And that's not a word that I'd like it to be. I know four years in the grand scheme of things isn't a long time, but just the fact that you're reading about certain issues that feel like somebody wrote this book yesterday, it's a bit disheartening. And I guess I use that word in the hopes that by the end of the decade, there's another word that would be more fitting. The issues that are within this, I just hope that future generations can kind of look back and be like, rah, things was that bad. Do you know what I mean? Rather than being like, oh my God, we're still going through this, which I think is quite common nowadays so yeah kind of with a heavy heart that I use the word timely to sum it up I think my word would be multifaceted and I just think the reason that is is because everyone's stories are so different and they have so many different facets and layers and reading this book the only visual description of it is like a kaleidoscope of stories you know no one story is ever the same you just get such different unique experiences and yeah I just really loved the richness of it and being able to just also like take pride in the fact that I feel similarly about my own immigrant identity and that I do have so many layers and facets to myself and that pride in in knowing that hopefully these people feel the same and that these people have amazing histories so yeah multifaceted would be my word can I just tag on to that I kind of expected that the essays by black women would be the ones that I related to most that would be my favorites and it ended up being the essay by a Turkish writer so I think it's quite important for people with immigrant backgrounds or whatever to just sort of learn more about each other's experiences and kind of like what you were saying about how something you thought Jaja was so Jamaican is something Turkish people do. There's just patterns to human nature. And I feel like sometimes we think that's something that racist people or ignorant people or xenophobic people need to really learn and internalise. But really and truly, as you were saying, that like for the sake of solidarity, is something that we need to know about each other as well. So, yeah, I think I can relate to that sort of acknowledging all the different layers of yourself. Abundance, if there's one person you'd want to share this book with, who would it be and why? It would 100% be my little brother because he is at the end of his teenage years and he's kind of transcending out of being a little boy into like becoming a man. 
I'd never put that pressure on him like oh you're you're 18 you're a man now it's not that but it's just more that he's growing into himself and I recognize that he is kind of questioning his identity and what it means to be a black boy in this country like he's going uni in the Midlands now he's just reflecting on his upbringing and I feel like there's certain things that no parent no sibling no teacher can explain to you about navigating this world especially because it changes so much and so frequently this book would be like a bit of a gift almost like an intellectual initiation and there's certain things that I can't tell him or teach him and that this book kind of explains and some of the best presents I've given him are books and I know that he genuinely appreciates that you know I appreciate his mind so I feel like he's got the capacity even just the emotional capacity to process all the stories in this book and it would come from a place of love there's certain people who I feel like might be able to relate to the stories more but in terms of reading a book I don't know how much it would actually impact them and he's somebody that I trust to like just take stories in and he's one of my favorite people you know my little bro so yeah he's somebody that I'd give it to in the hopes that he'd just understand what it is to be British right now with the um, heritage that we have. And Jaja, what about you? Um, who would I give it to? You know what? You've inspired me because I think I was just going to give it to a friend. So my little brother, he's 11 and he's just started uh, high school. My mum and my brother, they went to Birmingham a little while ago. They've been living there and he's got like a Brummy accent and they're coming back down to London soon. But he's so nervous about coming back down with his Brummy accent. He's got a few identity issues already at 11. I think he may have to be a little bit older or maybe we'll read it together or something like that. When you started speaking about your brother, I started thinking about my own brother. And he's only seven, so I don't think he'll be reading it for a while, but I can definitely keep it for him until, you know, he's old enough to understand the things written in the book. But it's just so fascinating because he was born here in London and my family now live in Kazakhstan. So he speaks perfect English, but he's now struggling kind of the other way around. He's struggling to um, assimilate. You know, he always talks about the fact that he's, British really proudly like not in like a it's a really innocent way like you know it's not like a weird way but you know he has like a like a British flag in his room so it's just interesting how he has this flag and how much it means to him but that is part of his identity he was born in the UK and that's made up his childhood and I'm just really intrigued to see that when he grows up I wonder how he will kind of make those pieces of him fit together and if they will fit together and I just really want him to read the book and understand that it's okay to be complex. It's okay to have lots of parts of you that might not make sense when you're a teenager or you're at school, but it will make sense later on. Yeah, and at the end of the day, no one can or even has the right to take that from you. That's literally your story, like, what can you do? I feel like this book kind of just left me feeling a bit responsible and I don't think it's, like, the most tangible thing, like, other than being like oh to my brother read it I feel like I might even walk with just a bit more care in my step just for other people just because he was talking about flags Coco Khan's essay about flags I thought it was so hilarious and 
I think I was just quite surprised by that moment when she actually got to speak to the guy with the flags and he was just like, it just reminds me of home. Do you know what I mean? And I guess like maybe that's one of the key things like this book kind of asks you like what on earth is home and to all these people who live on the same land and ultimately the same planet, how do we relate to that word so differently? Thanks to Abondance and Jarja for contributing to this episode. And thank you for listening to Broccoli Book Club. Remember, you can read along with us, make suggestions, send in your thoughts and questions via voice note to voicenotes at broccolicontent.com. In the meantime, to see what we're reading next month, follow us on our social media. Our handle is Broccoli Content on Instagram, Twitter and Goodreads. I've been your host Diora, and you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at the Diora. More information about this episode can be found on our website, www.broccolicontent.com. Broccoli Book Club is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, Pocket Casts, and all your favorite apps. This podcast is produced by Jaja Mohammed executive produced by Tony Phillips, and our sound engineer is Ben Williams. This is a Broccoli production.